You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, equipping you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hi, Jemima. Hi. How are you doing? I'm so, so good. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I am so excited, you guys. This is going to be an awesome conversation. We are here with Jemima Faye Goodall, who is an online personal mentor, business, two-time global business owner, and the founder and CEO of Coco Creative. So excited to have you here. Um, So Jemima Faye, before we get into anything, you want to introduce yourself and just tell us all about you. All about me. Oh, we could be here a while. Okay. (laughs) I'll try and keep it brief. (laughs) So yes. So um, I'm the founder and CEO at Coco Creative. We are a full service digital marketing agency, which is currently pivoting into more of um, an e-learning um, space at the moment, but I'm sure we're going to talk about that some more. Yep. Um, and then I'm the founder and managing director at a company called Something Sassy. We are a um, women's underwear brand and we were founded in South Africa. I'm in Cape Town. Um, the company was founded in South Africa and last year we launched into Australia and earlier this year we launched into Los Angeles. Um, and we also launched my agency into Los Angeles earlier this year. So, um, yes, both of my businesses have gone global, which is just amazing. Um, I started my first business when I was 26. That was a cosmetic distribution business. Um, and that was really like my first taste of, of entrepreneurship, although it was inherent and clear from a young age that that was where I was going to end up. <laughs> um, yeah, started my first business when I was 26. That was hugely successful, learned so much. And then um, I sold that business and then started the two that I have at the moment. That's amazing. So what were you doing before you got started? Before you started your own business? Were you in corporate or what were you doing? So I really love this question because um, I don't have a, a tertiary education. So I left high school. Um, I have no degree, um, which I, I really, I really love being able to say because, um, I really hope that that inspires a lot of other people. And I really hope that it it doesn't become a crutch. There's no excuse basically for it Mm -hmm. to be a crutch for people, um, or for other young women. So yeah, that's, I really like this question. Um, so I left high school and I got a job in the film industry. Um, if you know anything about South Africa, the film industry here is really, it's a really big industry um, because it is such a beautiful country and it is so inexpensive for, for the rest of the world to come and shoot here. So the film industry here is massive. So I got into the film industry, which was quite a natural progression. A lot of my family's in the film industry. Um, and found out very quickly that I was very good at logistics and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in production, so I was um, managing a lot of teams and a lot of people and and a lot of equipment. And yeah, as I said, learned very quickly that that was that was where I really thrived. Um, and so that that um, role in logistics and planning moved turned into a role in event planning. So I found myself in events. So I went from the film industry into the events industry, and that naturally just became. PR because obviously events form such a huge part of PR and I found myself working on um, brand sponsorship deals as far as events go so I was a, suddenly found myself doing sponsorship consulting and I was helping brands with their product placement at events um, and and then I think you know sort of getting into that that PR and sponsorship space as things started to change and PR started to become so much more about digital, I had to upskill. I had to change my skill set. Um, and this was what, like eight, 
eight years ago, 10 years ago, eight years ago, I guess, when, when digital was really starting to um, become more prominent and to become a much bigger part of marketing and PR. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically I self-taught. Yeah. I just read online. I, I read as much as I could. I listened to people. Um, I remember I was on Twitter, like obsessively. Um, PR 101 was my favorite hashtag ever. On Twitter. <laughs> I just followed that hashtag obsessively and I just read every article. Um, and I became really good at the digital side of, of PR and, and event marketing and, um, uh, liquor brands, cigarette brands, they, they started to take notice of the fact that I really knew what I was doing in, in the digital space. And so my career kind of exploded in that direction. Um, and then I got a job. I was hired as a marketing manager for a digital startup company, which was amazing, amazing. And the most amazing opportunity, um, for two reasons, because one, I was 25 and I was marketing manager and it was a very senior role and I was really forced to, to step up and to, um, um, advance my career quite quickly at quite a young age. Yeah. And, and also in that environment, you know, we were a small startup. So I was working directly with the, um, investment firm. I was working directly with all the, the board of directors. And again, I was forced to really grow up very quickly um, and take on quite an executive role in a, in a startup environment. So I learned about startup. I learned about, you know, capital investment. I learned so much in that role. Um, but I was only in that job for a year because let's face it, I'm, I'm not one to work for other people. (laughs) Um, So it didn't last, it didn't last long. Um, but I learned a lot in that year and then, yeah, I left that organization and I started my first business. Um, and that was, as I said, a cosmetic distribution business. Um, and then, yeah, that was, that was sort of the start of my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. That's amazing. I, it's, it is so inspiring. Like you said, I, when you said, I hope that this is inspiring, it definitely is. I think, um, you know, people are boxed in or feel restricted by their education. Um, especially in America, like we're told that the only way to have a good job is if you go to school and you get the proper education. But I think, everyone that's listening to this that owns their own business all knows that that's a bunch of bullshit and it's yeah. not true. Like, you know, I didn't learn anything I'm doing now in college, not a Absolutely. maybe writing, but otherwise nothing. And I do think that people either use that as a crutch or they use it as like the opposite where it's like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't get education in it. So I can't do this. Or I didn't, Um, I don't know how, so I can't learn. And that's so not true. It's never too late to start. And Mm -hmm. we are so lucky that we are living and, um, you know, growing up in this, you know, era where there is Google and YouTube and e-courses, which you're making that we'll talk about, um, that you can have access to, um, a lot of things if you are lucky. So, um, that's amazing. I love that. So if anyone's listening and they're <laughs> using that as a crutch, just Google what you're looking for and yeah. find it. Um, and, and, you know, Olivia, on that note, like I, I, um, I, I interviewed with another company of South African company last night and they asked me, um, they asked me about how we hire within our organizations and, and what we look at. And I said, to be honest, I couldn't actually tell you what was on any person on my team's CV. Yeah. I, I actually can't tell. I, I have no idea what my, what my, you know, senior strategist, I can't tell you what degree she has. I don't know. And, and that's it. Like we just don't hire. And I think a lot of organizations are starting to, to change in this way as well. Um, I, don't, I certainly don't think we're pioneers in this, but, but we do, we don't hire based on what's in a CV anymore. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's for me, I have, learn so much more in, you know, owning a business than I have anywhere else. I've learned so much in the last few Mm, years. mm, mm. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's, that's just, just the nature of things at the moment. Yeah, I completely agree. So, and and on, you know, on that note as well, like I, I, I must say, I, I actually get, I get progressively more and more frustrated with, with tertiary education institutions. Um, the more mentorship I do because I'm working with so many young women who are coming out of, um, their studies 
and they're not equipped with the basic skills that they need to to potentially start a business or potentially you know take action on their on their um book knowledge do you know what i mean yes um and that just i actually just i I think as time goes on i just become more and more resentful of tertiary education institutions (laughs) yes no i completely agree because i felt like when i was in school you know my parents were very adamant like you have to go to school blah 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 um but I changed my major like five times because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't even know that entrepreneurship was something that I could do. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. that I could start my own business. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I probably did. And I definitely knew people that had their own like around my parents' age. But I didn't know that it was something possible that I could do. Mm, and it wasn't mm. until I moved to California where I, you know, was meeting these like freelancers and stuff. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> what do you mean that you get paid three times what my hourly <laughs> and you get to take vacation whenever you want? Like I had Work no time. Wherever you want. <laughs> yeah. Or even like when I have traveled, you know, I like, you know, people in like European countries, they all take a break after um, high school or whatever and they like travel. And I had no idea. You know, I meet these people. They're like, oh, I'm taking a year off. I'm like, what? What is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So it's, and I, I think, completely agree. I think also to your point that, that um, people feel boxed in by um, firstly the pressure um, mm-hmm. to, to come away with a, with a tertiary education, um, but also by what they've then studied and, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, um, when nothing is sure, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that to be, to be asked to choose a path for the rest of your life at the age of 17 or 18, and then be boxed in by what it is that you've studied. Um, I think that's also really short-sighted. I think yeah. it's really short-sighted. And as you say, people come out and they've suddenly got this degree and they feel like they have to work in that field. Um, and that's just not the case, guys. Like any, as I say, when nothing is sure, anything is possible. And so, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about it. As you can yeah, tell. no, that's like, that's such a good way of putting it because it's so true. It's like, how do you know when you're 18, what you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah, like, you can't possibly I don't even make know that right decision. Now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, who it's knows if you want to sell your business or you want to change the course of your business or you yeah. want to change, you know, what you're doing altogether. You literally have no idea. So there's no reason to box it in. And I do think that, you know, kids have so much pressure and what am I going to do? You know, where am I going to go? And mm-hmm. that's really definitely not the most important thing at all mm-hmm. in hindsight looking Absolutely. back now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So this actually is really great, a great foundation for what I wanted to talk to you about, which is online courses, memberships, um, e-learning and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. with everything that's going on with like the coronavirus and everything, um, you know, online learning and e-learning and stuff has become way more prevalent, I think. And I've also been seeing, you know, a lot of memberships, courses and things going live. Um, I personally have built a bunch of membership sites so far this year um, for clients Mm -hmm. because they're, you know, either yogis or personal trainers or whatever and are unable to, um, you know, build or like teach their students in person. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I would just love to like kind of have this as the basis of the conversation today, um, just like digital marketing in general, but typically around memberships and online courses. So mm. what would you say is like the number one thing about starting an online course or membership that you absolutely have to know before even starting it? Because I think people listening are like, should I start a, do a course? Should I do a membership? I think so many people think of like passive income, like make money while you sleep. Um, <laughs> they fly ever. Um, so like where, how, how do you, I guess, how do you know if that's where you should start or that's the direction you should go with your business? And do you think that that's where digital marketing or just like business in general is going? So, um, Okay. So I think the the first thing that I want to say on this to anybody who is thinking about starting, um, 
a membership a membership site or a um, an online course or something. Um, I think the first thing I, I think people need to know is don't be attached at all <laughs> to what you think it's going to look like. So whatever you set out to create as a course, for example, well, certainly this was, this was our experience at the agency. What you set out to create as your first product, um, that's going to change. And, and if you're, if you're, um, doing your job properly and you're really putting it out there from the beginning, um, it's going to change quickly and you're Mm -hmm. very quickly going to learn what people want and what people don't want. So that's the first thing I want to say is really don't be attached to what, what your final product looks like. Um, the second thing I want to say is like, get an MVP, get a minimum viable product out into the market as quickly as possible, because as I just said, like the only way you're really going to know what your, what your audience responds to or what your customer wants or needs is by putting something in front of them. And that's going to be your quickest and easiest way to get feedback and to get insight. So don't wait. And, and, um, you know, to answer your question, Olivia, like, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about it? And do I think this is the future of business? I can't, I can't, I'm not an authority really. Um, it's relatively new for us. Obviously we're, we've been in the digital space for years and, and we know that space very well, but as far as, yes, I do think that the world is moving more towards e-learning. Um, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily the, the future of business. Um, but what I will say is if you are considering as a business owner, you're considering going in that direction with your business, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it doesn't end up being, being the way your business goes, just try it. Um, I think, I think you're going to end up wondering what would have happened if you don't try. So, um, I definitely think, and it's not a, it's not a difficult thing to do. I mean, yes, you're right. Like it's not make money in your sleep stuff at all. It's, it's a lot of work to sell your product, but to get it set up into the point where you have something to sell is not a, it's not a difficult task. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I would say to anyone, if you're thinking about doing it, um, yes, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think something that a lot of people, um, you know, they, they have that if they build it, they will come mentality. <laughs> and it's like, you build this, you put your heart and soul into this course or this membership and then like crickets. So as far as launching, um, and actually getting people to build it, to buying your course and figuring out and getting feedback, what would you say is the first step or any tips on that? So that is so funny that you should use that quote because we published a blog post on our website yesterday that had that quote in it. Uh-huh. And some of the girls on our team just didn't even know who Kevin Costner was. And feel Oh my gosh. They're just, they're just too young. <laughs> I was like, I'm feeling very old right now. It's so funny that you should use that quote. So we pretty much said exactly the same thing in, in an article that went up on our website yesterday. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. Like there is a culture of build it and they will come. Um, and that, as you say, it's just not the case. It takes so much work, so much effort. And we're guilty of this as well as a team. I think we thought, you know, we're this established, um, digital agency in South Africa. People know us. Um, if we start offering, um, the opportunity to upskill in house, um, people are going to jump at that chance. And we thought we were, we thought we were going to be flying in a matter of no time. And that's just not the case. Um, it really does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. Um, it takes a lot of testing to figure out, um, where you're going to sell your products and how you're going to sell your products. And, and depending on your industry, um, audience, like sometimes they're not ready to move into an online way of doing business with you. Um, so as I say, like put something out there and, and see how people respond. And then I mean, there are a bunch of ways we can talk about to, to, um, start getting people to engage with your product. Even if they're not buying your product, you just want people engaging with it so that you can get that feedback. Um, and like, I mean, for us personally, like, you know, um, webinars and live training have been the the thing that really works for us in that sense, because we're able to really have that one-on-one connection with people and, mm-hmm. and hear firsthand when they're asking questions, what it is that they're looking for. Um, the questions that they're asking, we're able to build products off the back of that. So 
that's definitely it's it's for us it's been the the webinars and the live trainings and then also offering ourselves up for strategy calls um and and that's the other thing i'll say about launching an an e-learning um product is you have to be willing to give away so much for free in the beginning Mm -hmm. um and and you really just have to come from a place of like real abundance and just give as much away for free as you can yeah Um, yeah, I love that. So what would you say are as far as like launching or just like marketing your service, um, your courses, your membership, whatever that is? Um, what is it that what are some tactics that you feel work best? So like you said, webinars, um, you know, doing getting in that face to face. Can you touch on that a little bit more? And then also and if there's anything else you feel is effective? Yeah. So for us, what has been, so we've done a lot of testing the last few months. This is obviously um, relatively new for us. I mean, we've got a lot of the digital marketing experience. So um, to market our own products is not, is not difficult, but um, we've done a lot of testing just to figure out our own sort of conversion rates and um, that sort of thing. And it's been, it's been so interesting. Um, and I actually like have all the numbers fresh in my mind because I was working on all of, our, <laughs> all of our projections today, actually. So I, I know all of this. Um, but yeah, so I think webinars have definitely proven to be our highest converter. Um, and in that scenario, we're doing like a bit of training on the on the topic that's covered in the course. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're so we're selling. Oh, this is also very interesting. Actually, we developed we developed a, a large full service solution as okay. a product. So it was like a longer, more comprehensive um, digital marketing course that basically would teach people everything. Okay. Um, and we call that our digital marketing accelerator. And to be honest, what we've discovered is actually working better is we've broken up our digital marketing accelerator into, we've taken each module and turned it into a more focused, like, um, Instagram crash course or email marketing crash course. And that has actually worked better for us selling smaller products that give quicker results that are way more, um, focused on one particular topic. And, and again, like that's stuff that we've learned just by being on these webinars and, and testing the stuff. So what we do is we'll go into a webinar, we'll train briefly on a topic. And then at the end we sell the product. Right. Um, and that's been our highest, our highest, um, converter. We, in order to fill our webinars, we are running Facebook ads, um, Facebook and Instagram. Funnily enough, Instagram has performed better than Facebook at a, oh. lower, at a lower cost, which is interesting and it's unusual. Um, yeah. but, um, I mean the paid media landscape did change a lot coming into COVID Yeah, because so many of you, you know, the big brands all pulled back on their marketing budgets and suddenly Facebook ad or Facebook CPCs just dropped and you could get so much value for very little investment. So yeah, that whole, that whole paid media landscape has been really interesting to watch over the last couple of months. Um, but for us, yes, we get our, we get our best results using Facebook and Instagram ads to fill a webinar. Um, and then, and then we, we convert people off a webinar. Um, simultaneously though, we are running, um, paid ads to get people into our, our sales funnels. So we're putting people into sales sequences. We're putting them into, um, nurture sequences. So we're learning a lot as well in, in terms of like what works, what value ads people are responding to. Um, yeah, so, but I would say definitely the webinars are our highest converter. Um, and what's also interesting, which is, which has, um, become clear to us today when we were looking back on the stats over the last few months is that, Webinars that are filled organically have a higher conversion rate. Hmm. So if we fill the webinar using only ads, our conversion rate is good, but it's not as good if we fill the webinar just by communicating it with our community. Gotcha. Because because they want to know, like, and trust you and they, or they already do. Well, exactly. I think that's what it is. I think the people who, who attend a webinar, um, that we've only spoken about organically. Um, they're attending already knowing who we are. They're attending already with probably with, um, an intention to purchase. So 
yeah, that, that's been very, that's been interesting as well. Uh, our conversion rate on an organically filled webinar is much higher yeah on a, a webinar filled through through paid ads but paid ads is how we build out our databases right so there's a place for all of it there's a place for right all of it. yeah and that's interesting too because it goes back to what you were saying about giving out so much value so you know there's people out there that you know i don't know what to do for a webinar or i don't know um how to do a resource or they just don't do that and then they go and try to sell to their list or their instagram and it's like okay but what have you, you haven't provided me any of these results or any of these things before then. So it's like, you can't just go out and sell to a list or a audience that you haven't educated and primed mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I would go so far as to say, you know, if you're first starting out selling an online product, I wouldn't even bother selling a, a running a, like a hard sell ad. I wouldn't even bother running a Facebook or Instagram ad with a sales conversion on it. I would put, put all of your, um, I would put all of your budget into lead generation and then you really have to nurture those leads. No one, no one's going to, no one's going to buy without, without trusting a brand. I think, you know, consumers are just so much smarter these days. Mm -hmm. They really are. And it's so easy to have your finger on the pulse as a consumer um, because of social media. So when a new brand pops up offering something, you know, they're new because you've never seen them before. Right. So you really, there's, there's a lot of time and and energy and effort that has to go into building trust, um, and building rapport with your community before you can sell them on anything. And I think that's key. Are you ready to finally have a website you're proud of? A website that showcases your services, attracts your ideal clients, and allows you to finally charge what you're worth? Our Show It website templates are plug and play, completely customizable, and designed strategically for coaches and wellness businesses to make an impact online. And when I say completely customizable, I mean it. Fonts, colors, logo, photos, literally everything can be changed to fit your brand and vision. With a video library full of step-by-step videos, you can have your website up and running before you know it and can ditch the one you currently have. Head to currentdesignstudio.com to shop your brand new website and use code DESIGN15 for almost $90 off. Yeah, I love that. So for someone who is just starting out and they are wanting to launch like either a new product or a new service, um, what would you say like one tactic to, um, to focus on with their launch? Like what's one place that they should be putting a lot of their effort in? So, um, lead generation. Okay. Um, I think there has to be, and, and, you know, you and I have talked about this briefly before and, and we both understand this, but a lot of people don't, you have to have a lead magnet, um, Mm -hmm. that you're sharing far and wide. And that has to be some kind of freebie, some kind of, I mean, the options are endless these days, but whether that's a quiz or, um, a, a download or an ebook or whatever it is, putting a freebie out there and you don't even have to run it in ads. If you don't have the budget, you can, it's very easy actually to get your freebie out into the world, um, organically. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that I would say is where you need to focus on building out your community in that way. And, and you know, what you, what you take from people in terms of data in exchange for your freebie, um, that's subjective. That's up to you. Um, obviously in most cases it's an email address, but it doesn't have to be if, if you want part of your strategy to be, um, text message marketing, then you can be collecting phone numbers. If you know, it, it depends on, on how you want to be building out your community and how you want to be able to communicate with them. But I would say that needs to be the focus in the beginning. Definitely. Like do, you can't even think about making sales in the beginning. You just have to be thinking about building out that community. Yeah. So what would you say then? Cause I know like, you know, build your list, build your list. That's what everyone says. And I did this too. You know, I was like, I got to build my list. I got to build my list. And then I started building my list and I was like, wait, why am I building the list? <laughs> like, what am I doing after I do that? Like what's uh, happening when someone opts in? Um, yeah. so in that funnel, so, you know, in the email sequence, um, for those of you that are listening and haven't, you know, done the email marketing yet, um, you know, someone opts into your their your freebie, they download it, and then you have the ability to put them into an email sequence. Um, what would you say 
Jemima should be in that sequence or how do you think it should go? Um, once someone opts in, like how can they get warmed up to your brand to become an engaged, um, audience member mm, mm. or community? So an engaged um, part of your community. Yeah. So, so Olivia, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that's a really important thing for us to, to talk about if we're, um, you know, chatting about this topic and funnily enough we launched <laughs> we launched our email marketing 101 crash course ah. yesterday so it's ah. just gone available it's literally just gone live and we've like we've got so many people enrolled already it's amazing in fact the program only starts next friday but we opened pre-sales yesterday um and the response has been amazing because so many people are starting to understand things like funnels and opt-ins a little bit more but they're still not really sure how to how to action it um and so, yeah, so this is actually something that we train on in that, in that course. We have a whole module um, dedicated to sequences and funnels. And what I'll say is, yes, it is critical to have automation set up so that the second somebody opts in, as you say, they're given something. So even if it's just a thank you for opting in, you, you can't be collecting data, as you say, collecting, like building your list, building your list, and then not doing anything with it. And then yeah. in three weeks time going, Oh, hang on. I've got this list. Let me sell them. Let me send them an email about a discount I'm running. I yeah. mean, that's just going to annoy people because they, they, they opted in, they took your freebie. They then didn't hear from you. Then they only hear from you when you've got something you want to sell them. Like it just can't happen that way. So when you, when you go live with, with a freebie and an opt-in, you have to be ready. You have to have that automation set up so that people are immediately going into some kind of sequence. And the sequence also needs to be really well thought out because there are two types of sequences, right? You can put people into a nurture sequence or you can put people into a sales sequence. Mm -hmm. And the, the distinction between the two is in a sales sequence, people are going to be told all about the benefits of your product they're going to be taken through that journey of identifying a problem, making like them feel like they're not alone, um, showing them the solution, showing them what it could be like on the other side, sorry, showing them what it could be like on the other side, providing the solution, explaining to them how you're going to get them from point A to point B if they buy your product. This is all the stuff that goes into a sales sequence. Yeah. The stuff that's going to go into a nurture sequence is pure, pure value. You are not selling anybody anything in a nurture sequence. So you are literally, if you don't have your product ready, but you want to go, you want to start collecting your data tomorrow. That's great. Go ahead and do that, but just be prepared to send an email, you know, sequences. I mean, you, you kind of got creative license here to do what you want with your sequence in terms of, um, how often you send emails and how long they're in a sequence for. I mean, that's, that's entirely up to you and your brand and your product and your business. But in a nurture sequence, they're going to be receiving say an email a week or two emails a week. That is just value. Um, before you even start talking about a product and the way to decide the way that, that we look at it is you can decide, you need to decide on a freebie um, based on the sequence that you want to put people in. So the freebie that you offer can't be the same, um, for your nurture sequence as it is for your sales sequence. I mean, it can, but I, I advise against it. I advise that you go into a sales sequence with a much more targeted opt-in. So for example, if somebody is, um, they got an online clothing store, for example, and your freebie is going to be a guide on how to dress for summer. Um, people are going to download the guide. They're going to opt in. Now I would put those people into a nurture sequence mm -hmm. because they've shown, they've expressed interest in a concept like how to dress. You know that they're interested in fashion, um, but you're not really sure what products they're interested in. You don't know anything about their body type. For example, you don't know, you know, there's a lot you don't know. So I'm going to put that person into a nurture sequence, but say my freebie is, um, um, three, three different ways to, um, wear a scarf, for example, people are going to download that. I know that they're interested in wearing a scarf. So right. that person I'm going to put into a sales sequence and I'm going to be sending them back to, I'm, well, I'm going to be talking about the scarves that I have available on my online store. Um, 
So I think that like, that's where you really, and you're also going to filter out, you know, your audience is going to become super segmented in that way. And also, you know, with a nurture sequence, there's room for you to further segment an audience. So, you know, she's opted in because she wants a guide on how to dress for summer. And then you're going to send her a quiz on how to dress for your body type. Um, and then you're going to understand more about who she is as a person. And then you can possibly start putting her into sales sequences. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. That's awesome. And that's something that I've been working on too, where it's like to creating a freebie based on what service I want people to purchase from me, service Absolutely. or product. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I have, you know, I do one-on-one design, but then we also sell um, website templates. And those are two very different clientele there yeah, of yeah, people exactly. that I want to work with. And so I have different freebies that are directed more towards um, those people. Always exactly. giving value because that's like number one. I actually truly want to help people. Um, yes. Yes. But that goes without saying, like you don't want to help the wrong person. You don't want someone to say, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. That's not me. That's not helpful when you actually can help them, but they're just in the wrong sequence or freely. Totally. 100%. 100%. And it's a really nice way, as I said, to like really filter out your audience, start segmenting your audience. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, customizing your freebie is also, that's key. Yeah, that is super, super helpful. Like such good information. Okay, so I want to kind of transfer over just a little bit and talk about um, just leadership in general and just starting a business, owning a business. So like I said, a lot of listeners are, you know, starting out um, or they've been in business for a little bit, but their goal and my goal as well, because I'm curious to know, um, is to, you know, grow out their business. and build and scale. And I think the biggest struggle is, at least it was for me. And I, you know, heard like mess got messages from other listeners is saying like, I'm small now. So how do I implement systems or how do I show up as a good leader or how do I prepare to grow a team? Um, what would you say to that? You know, if someone is a solo, a truly solopreneur, but has a dream to have an agency or have a team or whatever, where, where should they start in order to be like a good leader and an authority in their space or for their business? Um, self-development guys, <laughs> development <laughs> is where it's at. And yes. I think it is so key to any leader um, any person with influence, um, to, to really know and understand yourself. I don't think that you can truly go out and lead or build a team unless you really understand who you are. Um, unless you really understand your idiosyncrasies, your behavior, um, your limiting beliefs, your fears, um, I think it's, it's, it's critical and that I would start doing that work right now from the moment you decide you want to be an entrepreneur, even if you are, you know, a year, three years, six months away, whatever, from hiring your first hire, start doing that work on yourself right now, because, um, you're going to be doing it for the rest of your career <laughs> as a, as a, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a leader, um, you're going to have to do that work. So start getting good with it now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's critical. It's critical to, to have that awareness, to have a really heightened sense of awareness um, because it's not only critical that you are aware of yourself and your own behaviors, but you've got to be able to look at situations objectively when you're working with other people and other personalities. You have yeah. to be really good at, at looking at what's going on and taking a step back from a situation and looking at it and going, okay, so this is the lens that I'm looking at it through right now. And I know that this comes up because of, you know, this situation that happened in my childhood or whatever, for example, you got to be able to say, okay, I'm not showing up as my best self right now because this is what's coming up for me. Um, so firstly, I got to fix that. And then I need to look at the situation and I need to go, okay, well, this person is probably acting like that because I know that about her or this person's acting out in that way because I understand that she's had this experience. So you really, you know, it's quite a, it's actually quite a um, self-sacrificing task to really lead a team well. Um, so, so worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the benefits far outweigh, far outweigh the costs. But um, 
it really, it does. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. Um, and that work is going to be work that you have to do on yourself before anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Is there any like podcasts or people that are books or, you know, resources or people that you like really learned from with this that you recommend people listening? Yeah. Yeah. So I read a lot. Um, I read a lot of self-development books. I do a lot of work on myself. I, um, I believe very strongly in mentors, having a mentor, having more than one. Mm-hmm. I also um, believe strongly in having a business coach, some kind of coach. Yeah. Um, I, I also am like a huge fan of traditional therapy. So get yourself a psychologist <laughs> so that you have someone <laughs> to talk to. Because again, like you've really got to understand who you are as a person. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I listen, as I said, to podcasts and I read books all the time. I'm trying to think what I would suggest. So um, anything by Brene Brown. Yeah, she's um, the best. Yeah, so, I, you know, read all of her books, listen to her podcasts, channel. Um, I recently, or about six months ago, was introduced to Alison Bird. She's, oh, yeah. Yeah, she's been a complete game changer for me, um, just as a, as a leader and in terms of, like, my own mindset around my career and my businesses. Um, Kayla Craft is fantastic as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else's podcasts I listen to. Laurie Harder. Laurie Harder's podcast. Oh, yeah, I like her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got lists and lists of books and podcasts that I recommend to people. Um, A book that I read recently, which was really amazing, was um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, The Big Leap is fantastic. Um, While I think of it, if you are starting to build out a team, get your hands on the book Traction. Traction is phenomenal for building out a team. Um, So yeah, I mean, I can send you lists. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. Because I like you know, I love books and I love research and I, you know, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks and I read books like all day, every day. And I know that people that are listening are obviously wanting to learn more. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I asked that because that's like, that's so helpful. And, you know, I do believe in self, you know, I am definitely a self-development junkie for sure. Yeah. Um, I do all of the things. Um, and you know, it is like, it is a work in progress. And that's what I would say too. like entrepreneurship, like nothing's ever going to be perfect. You're always going to keep growing. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep, you know, putting things out there, getting new ideas. So just Mm -hmm. starting and being okay with it not being perfect is, is a, is a self-development practice in it, in it, in it of itself. So exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And also just, you know, like every time we level up, every time we, we experience a new level of success, there's going to be, um, new, new things that we have to explore, um, within ourselves, um, and different limiting beliefs and different fears will start coming up. And so, as you say, like, it's an ongoing practice. And and that's why I say I'm a huge fan of Gay Hendricks book, um, The Big Leap, because he talks about exactly that. Like at every stage in your career, there's going to be a new, there's going to be something else that you have to look at within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I totally agree too. just like on having mentors and coaches and Mm. therapists and a team, you know, like if you see someone that's on Instagram and you're like, Oh my God, how does she do it all? Like she doesn't. And she has a lot of help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So much help. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. All the help. Like, don't, they don't do it on their own. <laughs> no, no. So much help yeah. <laughs> coming from all over the place. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask for help and, no, you know, no. be kind to yourself too. Um, okay. So this was so amazing. Do you have anything else that you want to touch on or anything before I go into like my last few questions? Um, you are just like a, yeah. a wealth of knowledge. So anything you want to <laughs> add in here. Please, you know. You're sweet. So, um, yeah, I do, you know, just on what you just said, like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I really, I really like that you said that because I think it's so important. And um, one of the conversations that I found myself having a lot lately with a lot of um, young women just trying to start out is 
like you say, if you see somebody on Instagram, for example, you're looking at and you're going, oh my gosh, how does she do it all? Um, not only is she not doing it on her own, but like also what's, what's stopping you from asking her? Right. Like send her a message. Don't yeah. be afraid to reach out. Like I cannot tell you um, how how for me personally, and I know that a lot of, a lot of successful entrepreneurs feel the same way these days. Like I love being able to share my experience with people. I really do. And if there's something that I learned on my journey that I can share with somebody else, that's going to make their journey just a tiny bit easier. Like I'm all about that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I really want to just emphasize what you just said there, Olivia, about, um, asking for help. Like really just don't be afraid to ask anyone. If you see somebody online doing something that you want to be doing or achieving something that you want to achieve or just living a life that looks like resembles what you want yours to look like, ask them, ask them how they've done it, ask them for help. Um, Because I think you'll find more often than not, people are super willing to give of their time and their experience. Yeah, I love that because it's so true. You know, people want to want to share and they want to help. Like that's literally the reason I started this podcast and probably why you <laughs> did your you do your training series is because we all have so much to share. And mm-hmm. like you said, if you know, I could share just a little bit, or you know, I I would love to. So always reach out and ask because people do want to share and they do want to help. And if they don't, then they're not nice. Exactly. <laughs> if they don't, then they're actually not somebody you should be looking after. Yeah, then it's not someone. Anyway. That, yeah, it's not someone's life that you actually want. <laughs> you actually just want to unfollow that person. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So, what would you say then is your is the number one you've one number one thing you've learned from starting your business, or just being an entrepreneur oh, and owning big. Business? Big question. Yeah. Um, what is the number one thing that I've learned? I, I look, I'm, I'm probably going to sound a bit monotonous, but like, again, ask for help. Um, you can't, you know, there are people, there are people more often than not, there are people who have done what you're trying to do, or they've done something similar. And there is no reason for you to feel like you're alone mm-hmm. because I know guys, if you're listening or, or any of us who, who are startup founders and we've started on our own, um, it can be so lonely. It can be so lonely, but there are so many people out there who are trying to do the same thing you are, or they've done it before and they know what you're experiencing right now. So again, I'll come, like, I'll say it again, just ask for help, reach out and ask for help. There's no, there's no, reason for you to suffer in silence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And that was like my first year I didn't have a business coach. And then finally I was like, I need to ask people questions. Like I have things that Google can't tell me and I don't know how to track invoices. So I need help. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So, you know, like having, and then having a business coach, like completely changed everything. And then same with like networking, that's been a huge way to, you know, get business. And obviously Mm -hmm. that's changed now, but finding, you know, Facebook groups and communities and just asking like-minded people, like you said, there are people that have done what you're doing. There's a million graphic designers, digital marketing strategists, business coaches, life coaches, yogis, like there's so many out there that someone would be happy to share their experience with you. 100%, 100%. So that, I mean, that would, yeah, you know, to answer your question, like, what is the one thing that I've learned? I've learned how important it is to, to ask for help, to have conversations with other people. Um, I, I, I'm, I was, I'm a recovering addict. So I was, I worked a 12 step program and I was in rehab when I was very young and I was taught, you know, they teach you in the 12 step program to, um, ask for help. So I, I was fortunate enough to learn that lesson very early on in my life. Yeah. Um, and that really like, yeah, that, that's one of the things that I learned. I learned exactly how valuable that can be when you're trying to start out as an, as an entrepreneur or a business owner, you have to be willing to ask for help. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can't go, go through anything alone and business is definitely one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Okay. Amazing. This was so, so helpful. So much value. Um, I'll probably have to have you come back on for like one specific topic (laughs) so we can stay focused on one thing the whole time, but you're just such wealth of knowledge and this was so helpful. And I know a lot of people uh, will find value in this. So do you want to just tell us how we can be in touch with you, how we can purchase your courses, just all the things if people are listening. Yeah, guys, if again, again, like uh, as I say, you know, ask for help. I'm, I, I'm, I've got to practice what I preach, right? So I'm available. I make myself super available to anybody who, who needs help or has questions. So I'm on Instagram. Um, Jemima Faye Goodall, or one word is, um, my Instagram handle. Otherwise you guys can pop me an email. If anybody wants to get a hold of me that way, I'm super open to people reaching out to me directly. And that's just Jemima at cococreative.co.za. Um, and then, yeah, our courses are all available on our Coco Creative website, um, which, um, Olivia, maybe we can just put that in the show notes as well. Yep. But yeah, I will have all this linked in the show notes. Yeah. So that's cococreative.co.za. Um, so all of our products and our e-learning is up on the website and there are also, there's also, um, a section on that website for working directly with me. Um, I've got a mentorship program that's available if you do, if you do need that, that extra bit of help, um, just from like a mental resilience perspective, as opposed to a practical implementation of tools within your business. So we have both available on the website. You can just pop over onto Coco Creative, um, and take a look at what's there. And as I said, follow me on, follow me on Instagram, pop me a message anytime. Um, I'm super keen to chat to anyone. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And thank you so much for having me. I love hanging out with you. I feel like we're yeah. going to have to have you back as well. I know we had a I like guys. We had a liver on a training. I, I know. I like want to come to Cape Town and hang out. <laughs> yes. Come to Cape Town. You'll love it. Absolutely I know. I, it. And we'll get you in front of, we'll get you in front of a bunch of amazing, amazing girls who can learn so much from you. Yeah. That would be awesome. Do you ever do in-person like workshops or anything? So we've never, because this is, this is part of our pivot. This is the way we've pivoted the business in response to COVID. So no, we've never done anything in person. Um, but it's certainly something that, that I do want to start, start looking at doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you ever do, let me know because I would totally come. I love to travel. So I would come. Amazing. Come to Cape Town. Cape Town is amazing. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Um, okay. Awesome. Jemima. Thank you so, so much. Thanks so much, Olivia. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.